Welcome back, folks. Hey, have you ever heard of rent-to-own real estate investing? Well, it holds a place near and dear to my heart because that's what I did for a number of years. And today's special guest, Armand Wright, zooming in all the way from beautiful Indiana, is a rent-to-own real estate entrepreneur extraordinaire. He's been doing this for a number of years. He's got it dialed in, and I'm excited to chat with him. Armand, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Couldn't be better, my friend. So tell me, what what first inspired you about real estate? And did you get started right from day one doing rent-to-own? Or did you do something else first? Well, what uh, started me off with real estate, my grandfather got me started when I was really? very, very young. Yes, how did, like how did that happen? That's old. always, that's got to be a cool story. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, I was like seven years old, uh, just helping him out in the yard and just kind of watching how he took care of the properties and how he dealt with the, you know, with the family members collecting rent and things like that. Uh, it was an amazing experience from going from the standpoint of um, starting off helping him out. Uh, as I got older, I got more involved with dealing with uh, different issues and contractors and eventually pretty much taking over the properties. Wow. So how many properties did your grandfather have when you were a kid? Do you remember? Absolutely. Uh, not many, but just the way he went about uh, doing things, you know, my, I mean, he had a pretty smooth process, you know, I wanted him to kind of like, uh, you know, try to buy the city, you know, but he had a duplex and then we had a house that was kind of used as like a, a three unit. So, um, just, just those, those two. And that way he was happy with that. And that was providing him a good income and a good retirement fund and whatever. And, he was good. He was happy. That's good. Yeah. There's nothing yes, wrong yes, with that, yes. man. Nothing wrong. Yes. Okay. So you, you saw that from an early age. Mm-hmm. What did your first couple of deals look like, Armin? And what, at what age did you actually start buying properties or doing real estate deals? Well, um, I was always looking, I would, uh, make offers and, uh, go through an inspection period, but didn't quite, uh, pull the trigger. Um, I think I've got my first property. Uh, I was like, 28 when okay. I got my, my first property. Was that and like a, a buy and hold rental like your grandfather had before or what kind of property was it? Well, that one, when I was 28, it was actually my own personal home. Okay. So <laughs> what was your first revenue property then? That's my first revenue property was a duplex. Like what my grandfather had, I had, I bought it. a duplex. All right. Um, so then what got you from doing what your granddad did, buying hold of single family homes and small multis, into the rent-to-own business? Yes, that's an excellent question. So like my grandfather, I was I wanted to see him try to buy the whole city. So as soon as I got in position where I can buy multiple properties, that's exactly what I did. I had a 15-unit apartment building, a four-unit apartment building, a couple of duplexes, and I had houses all across the city. Wow. Um, so which, yeah. which city is this? Which city is this? This is in Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. Okay, very good. Yes. So you built so, up quite a significant portfolio. Pretty quickly, Absolutely. it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. I was, you know, real, real proud of that. And uh, 2008, when the market took a, took a turn, um, I took a turn with it. You know, uh, a lot of people <laughs> oh, like this. Yeah, <laughs> lots of people. The, we can laugh. We can laugh now. It's been, it's been yes. long enough that we could, we could yes. look back at that. But it was yes, painful yes, yes. as hell I'm, at that time. Yeah, I'm really just, just now really kind of comfortable talking about it, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, I just look at it, you know, it's kind of like lack of a skill because um, I kind of learned a lot of stuff on my own before I got a got a mentor. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all rentals and, uh, you know, some of them were cash flowing good, some wasn't hardly cash flowing, but that, that, uh, I learned a valuable lesson then. So I lost everything, man. I mean, I, um, you know, I quit my job, you know, I had all those properties, so I didn't, didn't have a job. So I was doing this full time and, um, I lost all the houses. Uh, my own personal home got foreclosed on my own mm-hmm. car got pre- repossessed. So when I went back to work, I went back to work in a U-Haul truck. Wow. So I was driving a U-Haul truck. Uh, With all your work. stuff in the back. <laughs> no, I had a, I got an apartment, so I have my stuff in the apartment. But uh, for the first few days, I was driving a U-Haul truck. It was, it was a very, very humbling experience, you know, yeah. going back to work, you know, after you had all that, that success. But uh, you know, life happens. You teach you, you know, some valuable lessons. Those so, are, those are some pretty amazing lessons. If you don't mind me asking, Armin, I'm just curious, what kind of, what kind of work were you doing? What kind of work did you go back to? Uh, for majority of my career, I was a supervisor at a factory. At at that particular time, I took on a position with PepsiCo, okay. so I was a supervisor there. But uh, just going back to work, you know, period after uh, having oh. so much success, it was very very humbling experience. But, All right, now a lot of people that would have just turned them off of real estate forever, yes. and they would have just kind of said resigned themselves to being an employee for the rest of their lives. Obviously, that didn't happen to you but right. you definitely switched gears. So tell me about climbing out of that deep, deep hole that you were in financially well, and emotionally and mentally. And yes. That was tough. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, you know, I always, uh, you know, I come from a very humbling beginning. So, you know, I come from, you know, a situation where we didn't have much, even though I, you know, was making, you know, millions of dollars and all that went back in reverse. So I come from a situation where I didn't have much, you know, so long as, you know, just being thankful, being grateful, you know, I got my health and, um, you know, I, I, I do have a, I do have a job, I have a place where I could put some food on the table and things like that. So I knew I was going through a season. I knew it wasn't going to last forever. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, I just, you know, I always love real estate at, at this time I wanted to do better. So I, I sought out a mentor and that's when I learned the seller financing strategies um, because, you know, I, before I had uh, built up my credit, I built up some money. So now I didn't have no money, no credit. How am I going to do this? So <laughs> time, to, you, time to get creative. I yes, hear you. Yes, that's, yes. A, that's, that's how I first got started in real estate because I had no money and no credit when I first got right. started. So, right. yeah. So then, okay. So you learned a little bit about that. What were your first forays into creative real estate investing? And more or less, what year would that have been, Armin? Just, just to get an idea. Uh, 2009. That's when I really started. So you didn't uh, you didn't waste any time, man. I mean, every, everything went to crap. You the right. portfolio evaporated. Right. You didn't take much time to wallow in your sorrows. You got back on the horse pretty quickly. Right. right. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that had a lot to do with uh, you know me really wanting to be in the business, and also you know along the journey you surround yourself by. Uh, different individuals that's in the business. And I had one of my friends, he was kind of doing some seller financing okay. as well as some, some wholesaling deals. And so, um, you know, from, you know, talking with them and, you know, kind of encouraged me to kind of go along the same way. Wasn't as big checks like I was kind of used to, but still those small checks beats no checks. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, you know, compared to what you're making at your J-O-B, they might've been pretty good. Who oh, knows? yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But yeah. before, I, I mean, I had got like $140,000 checks, a couple hundred thousand dollar checks. I was doing I was doing really, really, uh, really good before. Uh, and, until yeah. you weren't. Okay, so until then you, so you got into the creative. What were you doing wholesaling at the beginning? What kind of deals did you? 
do at the very lease beginning? Options, uh, not so much wholesaling. Uh, okay. This mainly I took a took a liking to the lease options. So what I was doing, particularly um, wholesaling lease options. So lease options, I that that was my thing. I was uh, putting lease options together in um, Missouri, Ohio, uh, Indiana, and um, so really maybe walk walk us through that. What does that mean? For folks that aren't familiar with rent to own, when they aren't familiar with lease options, you mm -hmm. say you're putting together these lease option deals in multiple different areas. Right. What does that actually look like, Armand, if you don't mind explaining? Yeah. So we, we have a conversation with the seller and uh, basically we get them to agree. They agree to sell their property with a lease with the option to buy. Right. So what I was doing um, once I get the property under contract with the lease with the option to buy, I would wholesale that agreement for fee. And you would wholesale that to who? To someone who's looking to live in, live in the property to a, what we call a tenant buyer. So that's what I was doing. Okay. Very, very interesting. So that's cool. That's, I haven't heard of that too often, Armin. So bottom line is you were finding motivated sellers that had properties that they wanted to, you know, not have to deal with. They didn't want right. to be paying the bills on them anymore. Uh, they didn't want to have to worry about maintenance and repairs on these kind of properties. They weren't able to sell them for whatever reason traditionally. Right. So they were open to the idea of you coming in, renting, leasing the property from them with an option to purchase at a future date at a specified price. And I would right. guess that part of your lease was an agreement that Hey, if the toilet clogs up, you'd take care of it. And they wouldn't have to worry about the nitpicky side of things. Yes. And then instead of, so what I was doing this back in the day, I wouldn't wholesale them. I would hold on to them. Then I would find a tenant buyer, put the tenant buyer in that property, different rent, higher price, higher end price, and be making some cash flow and hopefully a little bit of a, a difference at the end, plus getting an option fee up front to make the whole deal happen and right. babysitting them along the way, but you did it differently. You would just basically sell the opportunity to the tenant buyer. Am I understanding yeah. that correctly? Yes. Okay. So give or take for, would that be for the equivalent of what they would have to come up with for the option fee or how were you charging for these kind of deals? Usually I would make anywhere between two to 5,000. And, and most of the time on the vast majority of them, the, the seller would want uh, equivalent to like a first month's rent and the security deposit. And right. I would charge over that. So I would get the difference or sometimes we would just split whatever down payment would come in. Okay. And, very good. Yes. Yeah. So then that was, that's kind of nice because there's a pop of cash mm -hmm. for you creating the opportunity for two people, but right. you don't have to babysit anybody throughout the whole process. And Right. Just you're you're done once you're done and you go on to the next one. So you had to become very good at finding motivated sellers and potential tenant buyers for that particular property. Right, right. Got it. Okay. So how long did you do those kind of rent-to-own deals for? Oh, well, I still do those. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't hold I don't wholesale them anymore. Now I pretty much uh utilize the private money to to buy the properties and kind of do it for myself. But uh, far as the, the wholesaling piece, um, I did that for quite a while because, you know, I was doing them, and, but I wasn't doing them um, consistently. Like say I was doing maybe one or two a month initially, you know, just getting used to it. 
and uh, just just tweaking the process until I got to the point where I was doing like one or two a week for a long time. Yeah, I was doing like two deals a week for for a while, a long, long time. So at that point in time, it built up some cash, uh, put towards some of that uh, straighten out my credit, pay off some of that old debt, turn some things around. And um, what, you know, as I was doing those deals, I added on the wholesaling. So now I'm wholesaling cash deals and Uh I'm wholesaling these lease options and I was wholesaling uh, contract deals. And as I was doing those um, with the power of the internet. uh, So I I was, I had my, I was showing my daughter how to drive and I had her interview me in Toledo, just kind of talk about some of the deals that I was doing and put it out there on the internet. And these these gentlemen out of Dubai seen the seen the uh, seen the <laughs> seen the video, right? <laughs> it sounds weird. I mean, it sounds yeah. weird because you look at my my YouTube channel. I don't have a lot of lot of views, uh, but I mean, you know, you don't have to have a lot of views on on your your social media as long as that right person see it. I mean, it could be a life changing, you know. So the gentleman out of Dubai seen my um, my video, and um, you know, he, he watched. He gave me a call. It was like eleven thirty at night. Gave me a call, you know. I always answer my phone. I would give it one or two in the morning. We could talk real estate twenty four seven, you know. Wow. And uh, he said, um, he said, Armand, you know, he said, I want to, I want to buy, buy some houses. And I was like, okay. I mean, you know, a lot of people they call you and say yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. So uh, he said he wanted to buy a hundred houses. And he says, just one problem. He said, I was like, what's that? He said, I don't have any money. So I laughed, you know, most people probably would have hung up, you know, I thought that was funny, you know, cause I was like, man, I'm in the same position too. I want to buy a hundred houses. I don't have any money. <laughs> so, you, think, uh, you think if he was calling you from Dubai, he might have some money. <laughs> right. So that, that goes back to what I tell, you know, share with folks. It's like so much is not a, uh, your situation, right? Your situation, whatever your situation is, whatever your bad credit, lost your job, you had a blown up situation. It's just a, just a temporary situation that doesn't, determine your success what determines your success is how you connect with other folks like here you know i had at that time i had limited limited resources and that's what was determining my outcome because i wasn't reaching out to connect with different folks by him being in dubai he was a connector so he went from having whatever he did have some money he had like seventy-five thousand, but he went from seventy-five thousand from the time we connected 90 days later, he had raised over $3 million. Wow. From yeah, his we connections in Dubai. Dubai. Oh, he's bigger than that. Dubai, Germany. He was wow. giving presentations. He was just, I mean, it was very, um, very good speaker. And so we yeah. did go on to buy 100 houses in less than a year. That was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, we're, I was in nine cities, three different states. It was, it was now when you amazing. say buy 100 houses, you mean do 100 deals or you, or you were doing buy and hold at this point? <clears throat> buy and hold at the, you know, along my journey, I got a real estate license and okay. uh, became a real estate broker. So I have, uh, with working with him, I developed a property management company. So, uh, we're basically, I was the property manager, uh, realtor for, for him. Okay, so got it. I was buying and holding for him, but made a significant amount of money doing that. Yeah. And with that amount of money, I, you know, set to the side and I started really, um, ramping up, rebuilding my portfolio. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. You just you just never know. You just never know. You know, 1130 at night, you know, phone call ring. Take that call. Yeah. Yes, that is, yes. That... <laughs> Always answer your own phone. So, okay. So what year would that have been, give or take? That was in 2017. Okay. Yeah. So, so since I, then. 
acquired yep. a few a few properties prior to that, you know, where, you know, you know, I was doing my uh, contract strategies. But, uh, you know, after after that, I was really able to really ramp things up. So then what did you start doing after that, Armin? What did you get back into doing buy and hold or what what kind of deals did you end up? focusing on that? You know, I stick to my uh, lease option land contracts. I still do those deals. Uh, And then learning from the past, I'm really not too big. I mean, I do use private lenders, but I got to add one little step to it. Like say, if I'm using my, uh, using money from private lenders, I try to pay it off as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I took a bath back in 09. So the only thing I used to protect myself and just try to try to reduce the debt as as much as possible. Then plus I got like uh, I get like I said, I I, I take pride in structuring great deals, not good deals, but great deals. I got five deals in in Toledo where I paid three thousand a piece. Um, Yeah. And sold them, you know, as is Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Like I said, great deals, not good deals, but great deals. I got four properties, right? Four properties to pay ten thousand a piece for them, and that sounds good. But I brought in my private lender that I, you know, I access twenty thousand. So each deal I put ten thousand in my pocket. Right. So that's pretty much zero. And then you know the properties I got one that's written out for a thousand, and then a few other ones like six fifty. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just a really really awesome situation. Then mm-hmm. it's an, another deal that's great. It was thirty five thousand, but I put a little little cash with it and I access my my private lender, but. 35,000, zero rehab. It's a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage is worth about 190. Nice. So yeah. you so these these are the ones that you're keeping in your long-term buy and hold portfolio. Is that what I'm understanding? Yes, pretty much everything I I do now I I look to keep into, you know, long-term strategy. So I, my thing is is what a lot of people say cash flow is king. So that's what I look to do is just create that monthly cash flow and just keep cranking it up. But you're still doing the lease options, is that correct? Lease options, but only well, only for myself. I don't do the wholesaling part. Um, yeah. Occasionally, somebody might. I just had a lady contact me the other day, is just do like a traditional realtor transaction. But for the most part, I buy the properties for myself, and then I use either sell them through a land contract or a lease option. Okay, so you're not really, you're not really holding on to them forever. You're you're selling them via some sort of a contract. To increase your cash flow. Is that correct? Yes. 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 Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Well, man, this this is fantastic, Armin. What would you say throughout this whole roller coaster journey over the last, my God, 15, 17 years, 20 years, I guess, since right. plus since you, you really got started? What's been like your your biggest takeaway from this whole experience so far? My biggest takeaway, what I, I share with people is, uh, to, and, and the people think they can learn a lot through uh, YouTube University and mm-hmm. different sources, you know, find a mentor. Because if I'd have had a mentor in the beginning, um, I wouldn't have went through that. De- I mean, it was devastating. I mean, it was it was bad. Man, I couldn't get a toilet paper on credit. I mean, it was horrible, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, for people, you know, starting off, find find a mentor. And, you know, if you, if you can't afford a mentor, maybe you can volunteer your time to go work with someone. But find a mentor, somebody who can kind of help, you know, navigate your way through, you know, throughout the throughout the business. It, it yeah, is, is really. Well, really don't great. don't beat yourself up too badly, Armand. A lot of people who had mentors at that time mm-hmm. lost their shirts. A lot of mentors at that time lost their shirts as well. Jesus. So. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so don't beat yourself up too bad you you took your licks you learned your lessons and, right. and you're doing very very well now if people would like to connect with you armand what's the best way for them to do that the best way to get in touch with me would be on instagram and it's armand right the number one on instagram so armand a-r-m-o-n-d right w-r-i-g-h-t one uh, on Instagram. That'd be the best way to contact. Me. That sounds easy enough. All right, my friend. Good to see you. And hey, you. thank you for a very inspiring story. That was awesome. And one other thing that I yeah. want to say, thank you for inspiring me to go to the next level when it comes to private money. Because when we had our interview uh, initially, I mean, just your, you know, interacting with me and just, you know, opening, opening my mind up to the possibilities of really uh, going out here seeking more private money, which allowed me to do more deals. So I really want to thank you. Uh, my, for, my pleasure. What, just out of curiosity, what what part of what you learned with us really kind of clicked with you, and you 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 run with it, Armand? Um, I won't, don't recall like just one thing. It's just the just the fact of uh, you know just you sharing with, with me your experience and how you're you know go out and, r- and raise private money. That just inspired me just to go out there and just to start talking to more folks and just get to Making just get up. to looking and, and putting putting more deals together. Oh, that's awesome! So you've been able to raise some some pretty serious capital over the last little while. Yeah, I got a uh, I got one awesome connect. I mean, it's it's uh it's 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 amazing. I got one awesome connect, and then I got a another um another source that's, that's pretty good as well. But uh, awesome. yeah, it's 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 just amazing. It's, just go out here, and how I got it is is another good takeaway too. Just going out, just trying to help people, right? Mm-hmm. So the more people you help, the you know the further along you you're gonna go, and really you're not helping people with the mindset of, you know, what can I get out of it? You're helping people because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And then you go out here and you start helping people and you just be surprised of how your life will change. Well, that's wonderful, Armin. Well, thanks for sharing that. And good reconnecting with my friend. And thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.